Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Planning for Retirement podcast, where we help educate people on how retirement works. I'm Kevin Lau, your host. I'm also the owner of Imagine Financial Security. Imagine Financial Security is an independent financial planning and investment management firm based in Florida. However, this information is for educational purposes only and should not be used as investment, legal, or tax advice. This episode is called The Purpose of Retirement and the Purpose of This Podcast. I hope you enjoy this show, and if you like what you hear, make sure to leave us that five-star review and certainly give our show a follow to stay up to date on our latest episodes. I hope everyone is enjoying their summer thus far. It's July in Florida. So that means it's hot and we love our air conditioning and have been spending lots of time at the pool. But we're making our way up to Delaware for our family vacation this Saturday. We are going to be driving to Bethany Beach, Florida, or not Bethany Beach, Florida. We're driving from Florida to Bethany Beach, Delaware. And uh, we are going to be doing a mini family reunion of sorts. My uncle from Boston will be coming down with his wife and also my cousin in New York with his wife and two kids. So it's a little mini reunion on my dad's side, and uh, of course my wife and I are bringing our three boys as well, and uh, we're looking forward to the trip, but not looking forward to that drive with three boys under the age of four, so that's not going to be fun, but um, hope you guys are enjoying your summer and travels and the 4th of July and all the fun stuff that goes along with this time of year. But today we're going to be talking about an important topic, the purpose of retirement. But before I do this, I wanted to start with the secondary topic, which is the purpose of this podcast. And I want to rewind the tape a little bit. I want to take you back to the middle of 2020 when I decided to quit my big firm job and launch Imagine Financial Security. You know, and I just not really sure if any of you have ever had this gut feeling that you needed to do something, but that gut feeling just doesn't go away. It just grows inside of you and it becomes bigger and bigger. Well, that was me seven years leading up to 2020. And I had this gut feel that breaking away from big Wall Street firms and insurance companies was was truly the best way to serve my clients going forward. But I was afraid. I didn't know if it would work. What if I failed and looked stupid? What if I had to go back to my nine to five job? These fears just continued to win the battle inside of me for years. You know, especially when my wife and I welcomed our first son in 2019 and my wife decided to stay home with him full time. I was thinking stability. I was thinking a paycheck. I was thinking benefits. Well, 2020 comes and the pandemic makes you do crazy things. Um, So for me, you know, and I don't know if any of you have ever... Uh, read a book or watched a movie that completely changed your life. You know, I've read several and have watched several movies that have definitely changed my life, but not like this movie I can only imagine. And many of you probably haven't seen the movie. It's not a mainstream movie. But Dennis Quaid is one of the main stars. He was incredible. And I'm not going to go into the entire movie because you can watch it for yourself or look it up. But Dennis played Arthur who was an abusive father to his son, Bart. And he did literally everything he could to wreck his dreams, discourage him from chasing his passions, um, physically abusive. It was pretty brutal. And this is a true story, by the way. And towards the end of the movie, we learn that the reason Arthur is so abusive and angry is because he had a broken dream. 
He was an All-American football player in, I believe, the state of Texas and had his dream of chasing his college football dreams and his potentially professional football uh, aspirations, and he never chased his dreams. And um, he wanted to do everything he could to prevent his son, Bart, from chasing his. And at the end of it, I was crying uncontrollably. Like, I literally couldn't speak for an hour. I, I went to the sink, and my wife was just confused. I mean, she was like, what is going on? I mean, the message didn't hit her like it hit me. You know, she really thought the movie was great. She liked it. But I was inconsolable. I was in a different headspace. When I finally got myself together, you know, I told my wife, I think the reason I am crying so hard is because... I want my son, at the time my son Tristan, and now I have three sons, I want them to chase their dreams. And how could I ever tell them to chase their dreams if I personally never chased mine? And call it define an intervention, um, call it whatever you want to call it, but that was it. That night, which was May 15th, 2020, we made the decision that I was going to quit my job uh, at the height of the pandemic. And, um, you know, we had our, our son, Tristan, obviously, you know, was eight, nine months old at the time. Uh, and we decided we were going to launch our own firm. And um, yes, the, the firm, Imagine Financial Security, does pay, pay uh, homage to the movie, I can only imagine, uh, because of how important that, that moment was to me, that night was to me. But little did we know, <laughs> two days later on May 17th, my wife takes a pregnancy test and we found out she was pregnant with baby number two or so we thought baby number two. And, you know, this, te this definitely tested our faith. Um, not going to lie. There were moments where I was like, is this a bad idea? I hadn't given my notice yet. Um, but we stood firm knowing that in our hearts, we, you know, we knew that this was the right plan, um, for us. And, and, um, about a month later, my wife goes to her first OB appointment I was in the parking lot. I couldn't go inside because of the coronavirus. And it's about an hour and 15 minutes go by and I don't hear anything from her. And I'm getting concerned because she said she was going to FaceTime me in the, uh, um, when she was with the doctor and show, try to show me the ultrasound, but didn't hear anything. Well, I find out the reason why is because she was freaking out because we were having twins. <laughs> and uh, that definitely tested Tested our faith. If, if finding out she was pregnant tested our, didn't test our faith, this one did. And um, so that was that. I mean, and, and so why do I even tell this story? Well, I needed the business to grow fast. I needed to get to a certain income level as quick as I could, quickly as I could. Um, I was going to have three boys, three kids under the age of two years old by the time they were born with a wife who was a full-time stay-at-home mom. Um, so during the pre-launch phase, I was diving into everything regarding marketing. I knew I, my skill sets, I could do financial planning. I can do retirement planning, but I needed to figure out a way to build the business. Um, so, so all these marketing playbooks and reading and talking about these different, um, funnel, you know, filling the funnels with potential prospects and having two, three or four marketing mediums in which you fill those funnels. So, I decided to launch this podcast in hopes that it would grow my business. Well, after about six months, crickets. 
I received a few notes from clients and friends who listened to it because it was simply me talking, and, and of course they were nice, but no prospective clients reaching out. And you know, after about six, seven months of doing it, I'm like, hey, you know what? I might be ready to move on to a different strategy. But for whatever reason, I decided to continue on. You know, I realized that even though I wasn't getting new business from my podcast directly, I was sharpening my saw. And I was researching, I was writing, and I was talking about topics that are commonplace for clients that I serve, the 55-plus community who want to replace their active income with passive income. Um, so I just continued on. And, you know, fast forward, you know, my boys are now two and a half and four. And, you know, my wife still stays at home with them, but also helps me with the business, which is amazing. Um, but instead of the initial mi mission of, Simply gaining new business, which is a self-serving mission of a podcast. The mission of this podcast is to educate and empower you. I want to educate and empower people who are close to starting financial independence, starting retirement, whatever you want to call it, and trying to figure out and navigate all these complexities and you know how they're going to apply all these complexities to their own personal situation. You know, business is, is at this point secondary with this thing. Of course, it's amazing. Because I've actually now worked with some of you that have found me on my podcast. So if you're listening, uh, that is a pretty cool uh, sort of you know, coming full circle. And that's been amazing and, and would love to work with you. If you're interested in talking to us, you can, you can reach out to me directly. Um, but that's secondary. This podcast is to empower you, educate you, which gives me so much more energy to continue on this as opposed to a self-serving purpose. And along the way, I know... I am going to be getting better and continuing my lifelong learning in the retirement planning space to better serve my clients. So it's a win-win. So that's the backstory of this podcast. And our goal from here is to produce a new show every two weeks. So of course, make sure to follow and uh, share with a friend. Awesome. Um, but purpose is important. And I believe it's important to talk about purpose. And um, you know, I believe it's the most critical thing you can do with anything uh, that you are participating and actively. So what's your purpose in retirement? Have you thought about what your purpose is in retirement? The Wall Street Journal just published an article about lessons learned from existing retirees. And there were three lessons that they discussed in this article. Two of the three had nothing to do with money. <laughs> in fact, let me read you this snippet. Jim Pilsner, P-I-L-Z-N-E-R, a retired entrepreneur regrets not setting goals for himself when he retired four years ago. Now, at 78, he found there is only so much golf to play and only so many lunches to go to. He said, quote, I would counsel my younger self and any other active achieving person to recognize what drives them and what success really means, said Pilsner. He eventually figured out that the two things that motivated him most during his career, taking action and learning new things, were the same recipe he needed for retirement. So this spring, he enrolled at the University of Nevada in Reno with two classes, and by the way, earned a 4.0 GPA, and he's going to be full-time in the fall, and he's studying for a degree in political science and history. I mean, how cool is that? And, you know, my thoughts on this one is many people are defined by their job titles. You know, when you meet someone, you know, typically people say, hey, you know, what do you do? And they ask, what do you do? Um, 
you know, especially living in Washington, D.C., everyone asks, hey, what?" that's the first question anyone asks you. But oftentimes this comes up in an initial conversation, and many times you might say, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a business owner. And when you retire, those titles go away. And sure, you could say, I'm a retired doctor. Um, but the identity and self-worth that goes along with those difficult-to-attain titles, are they're gone, Right? And so Jim, I think, nailed it here because just because he retired from his business doesn't mean he shouldn't apply the same principles that made him successful in his business to retirement. He's just going to do it in a different way. And so for him, it was taking action and lifelong learning. So he he enrolled in university. You know, does that mean you should enroll in a college course? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But maybe you were a business owner and have a lot to offer in terms of your knowledge and experience being a successful entrepreneur? What if you coached or provided education to new businesses starting in the le- uh, that, that are starting up on the lessons that you learned that made you successful? Or maybe you were a PhD and there's still research that is interesting to you. Why not pursue it? Or maybe what you want to do has nothing to do with your previous job because you hated it or you were burnt out. But maybe you love, I don't know, classic cars. In a retirement, you want to start fixing up these classic cars, and who knows, maybe even race them in the great race, which, by the way, was in St. Augustine a couple of weeks ago. Amazing. My new, one of my new bucket list items in life is to own a classic car. Just, there's just something different about these classic cars. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it's you want to help your grandkids, help with your grandkids because your son or daughter is working full time and childcare is expensive. You know, I don't know what it is for you, but. The takeaway is to think about what you want to spend time on and what will give you purpose, what will give you energy in retirement. You know, we all need something to chase. You know, we need some reason to get out of bed every morning. And believe me, if I could play golf every day or go fishing all day, I'd love to. Or I'd love to have that option. Would I love to do that every day? No. I mean, I think there's only so much golf you can play. I agree agree with what Jim said. You know, and these are hobbies. You know, hobbies don't really provide true purpose, right? You need to find something that will move you. You know, something that provides value to those around you in the community that you live in. Here's another snippet from the article. It's about relationships. The headline of this one is relationships are the key to retirement. The best predictor of longevity, health, and happiness in later life is the quality of your relationships. That's finding. That's a finding from the Harvard study of adult development, which has followed families for decades. Dan Roberts, 72, in Idlewood, California, wishes he had kept up with former colleagues for personal and professional reasons. Roberts retired about 18 months ago, and soon after, his son and family, who were living just two hours away, moved to New Zealand. Roberts and his wife, Robin, said only two visits a year are doable on their budget. You know, a lot to unpack on this one, okay? I mean, you know, first and foremost, being family, near family in retirement is amazing, of course. Uh, You know, my parents live 20 minutes from us. I don't know how we would get through without them. I mean, it takes a village with raising our three boys. Uh, And it's amazing that our boys can have a a close relationship with my parents and and my wife's parents. Um, I didn't have that growing up, unfortunately. Didn't have that opportunity. But, you know, I know plenty of parents who in retirement moved near their children to be near grandkids. 
only for them to have to move away because of a new job opportunity or something comes up. Maybe they move closer to a different family member. And, And I think it's super important to not only keep up with your existing peer relationships, but also make new relationships. You know, people in your same walk of life, people that are walking in the same path at the same time. You know, this is why 55 plus retirement communities are so popular. Um, you know, yes, it's great. If you can live near your grandkids and see them as much as you want, amazing. But, you know, at some point they're going to have their own friends and activities. They may not want to hang out with grandma and, and, and grandpa any longer. It's, it's not, it may, it, at some point it's not cool anymore, right? So, so having the, that community of friendships and lifelong relationships and keeping up with those relationships is super healthy. You know, I was reading in my RICP studies last year. I don't remember the stats. I don't quote me on this, but depression in retirement is is very real, but it's often not talked about. And the reason is because many retirees feel guilty about being about about being depressed. You know, why should they be depressed? They have all the, f- the freedom in the world. They're financially independent. They can do what they want to do when they want to do it. And oftentimes people are very happy being in that situation. But sometimes there comes a point in retirement where you just kind of feel like, hey, what's the purpose right now? You know, I've done all the bucket list travel that I can possibly do in maybe the first 10 or 15 years of retirement or maybe first five years of retirement. You know, grandkids are, are getting older and more independent. You know, what is the purpose now? And, and I think that's the challenge that a lot of retirees face. It's, it's, an, it's an ongoing process of growth. And that's why I love the quote, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think this it directly applies to having purpose in retirement and, and setting goals and pushing yourself to do things that you, of course, you want to do but that put you out of your comfort zone. And uh, many of these retirees reported to feeling the, that, that, uh, that's, that feeling of guilt because they, they are retired. They shouldn't, be, they shouldn't be feeling anxiety or depression. And, and as a result, a lot of times these are not being addressed. They're not seeking professional help. They say, hey, you know what? I'm going to just deal with this myself. It's just part of getting older. So, I mean, what can be done about all this, right? I mean, of course, I'm not retired. I can't say this is what I'm doing, but I'm reading a book right now, and I'm going to recommend this book to the audience with a quick disclosure that I'm only halfway through it uh, as I'm recording this podcast. I'm reading other books right now at the moment, mostly about parenting, because raising three boys under the age of four is not easy. That's the hard, that's my hardest job that I have. Um, you know, running a business and retirement planning and tax planning that is secondary to. Being a husband and a father. But this book, Purposeful Retirement by Hiram Smith, is a great place to start, in my opinion. And he talks about the exact same challenges that the article from the Wall Street Journal touched on. You know, he also gives specific action items and questions to ask yourself in order to help you find your purpose in retirement. So I'm going to just share a few takeaways that I've read so far that have resonated, that I've highlighted in this book that I want to pass on to you, and hopefully it helps. All right. This first one is about your belief window, okay? And the belief window is essentially this 
belief system that important people have important titles. And if you're retired, you don't have that said title. And so therefore, you're not important anymore. And if you have this mindset, retiring your title is going to be difficult. But it's easier said than done. I work with countless folks that have retired. It's tough to give up that title. You know, especially if you rose up the ranks or you were an entrepreneur or you were a physician or you were an attorney, you know, uh, or you were an accountant. I mean, these are tough, tough avocations to say, that's not me anymore. But retiring your title is going to be different. But but this is a belief window that Hiram talks about you need to throw away. You need to throw away that belief window that just because you have a certain title that's attached to your job, that makes you important or unimportant. Okay, so that's the first thing that resonated with me. The second thing is don't feel guilty about retiring. You know, after all, you've worked super hard to achieve financial independence. You sacrificed a lot. You put money aside throughout your working life in order to be in this position of financial independence. But he says, don't retire. You can retire, but just don't retire from living. And I love that. Don't retire from living. And it goes back to ongoing learning and what Jim from the article Wall Street Journal mentioned earlier is that one of the things that resonated with him was this lifelong learning. And I think we could all uh, relate to that in some way. There's got to be something that you're interested in, that you want to learn more about. And the best part about that is that fights off the cognitive declines later on. You know, we hear about this a lot in retirement, this diminished capacity. And listen, it's going to happen to all of us. You know, father time is undefeated. It's going to happen to all of us. But you can fight it by keeping your mind sharp and having that lifelong learning mindset. Number three, being busy does not mean having purpose. Okay? This is big. Oftentimes, retirees can be extremely reactive because they have all the time in the world. Their calendars are open. So anyone who needs something can call that retired family member or retired friend or retired neighbor and ask for something and they'll do it typically, right? So instead, Hiram recommends doing daily planning or having a daily to-do list that aligns with your purpose and aligns with your personal values, which allows you to be proactive and gives you permission to say no. You need to have permission to say no. And if you have a purpose in retirement, it's a lot easier than if you don't have a purpose and you're wandering aimlessly. Number four, retirement does not have to be a traditional retirement where you walk away at 62 and collect a pension, social security, and call it a day and your gold watch and you're done. This is not how it works anymore. People are living longer, right? So it could be an untraditional retirement or non-traditional retirement. Perhaps you can phase into retirement, going from full-time to part-time or uh, doing consulting from your existing for your existing job. Maybe it's working a different career altogether. Who knows? Maybe it's being a greeter at Walmart or working at Home Depot. I've talked to several people at Home Depot over the years that were retired. They didn't need the money, but they love home improvement. They like to uh, talk to people, and it's healthy for them. Maybe it's volunteering. There are tons of opportunities, and so I think taking the time to think about those and getting excited that you have the option to pursue pursue what you want to pursue, right? 
Number five, create a personal value system or personal constitution. Write down these values that are most important to you, right? And then create a clarifying statement for each of those values. And it's funny because personally, I've actually been doing this for about a decade. You know, many of you may be familiar with the believe it's the wheel of life and don't I don't want to even try to name who started the wheel of life concept. But the idea is each value in your life, each area of your life that is valuable to you is a spoke on a wheel. And if the spokes are uneven, it's a bumpy ride. It's a rough ride. Okay. But if the spokes are even, it's a smooth ride. Okay, so it's important with the wheel of life concept to essentially have those values laid out and then spend time nurturing each of those values. I'll share with you mine, my five, faith, family, friends, fitness, finances. That's it. Simple as that. Each week, I have goals centered around each of these. Okay, it's not just around business, not just around finances, not just around fitness. It's about, it's around all of it. Okay. And the game I've been playing with myself for literally a decade now is if I achieved my goals for that week, I won the week. I won. If I didn't, I lost. And as a competitive individual, I do not like to lose. And each 12 weeks, each 12 week period, which is a concept that I got from the book 12 week year by Brian Moran, highly recommended for any of you who are entrepreneurs or like planning. Each 12 weeks, I tally up all of my wins and losses and I get a pulse check on where I'm falling short. And then I review what's working well and what's not working well. And then I set new goals for the next 12 weeks. And the important part about the 12-week concept is it shortens your goal time frame. I think many of the times people talk about goal setting of long-term goals, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. I can't, I don't know about you, I can't even think past a year from now, okay? 12 weeks, I have a vision of where I want to go. I know that it's not going to happen exactly how I envision. And so I'm going to go in the same direction, okay? It might veer a little bit off path here and there based on what I anticipated, but each 12 weeks, I'm going to revisit where I'm at. Review my goals, review my values, and then I'm gonna set new goals for the next 12 weeks. And the goal for me is to have a balanced life, which many people have a negative connotation around this, but it's important to me personally, and that's what matters. So yes, you need to have your financial house in order and in order to be financially independent, of course. You know, working with a retirement planning expert such as myself, of course, that could give you peace of mind that you and your family's financial future is secure. But what happens day to day in your golden years is so much more important than how your investment portfolio performed this quarter or how much you saved in taxes this year, right? So I would encourage you to kind of take a step back and, and reframe your thought process around planning for retirement and understand that, hey, finance is a, is a part of that. But what are those other values that are important to me, meaning important to you, that you want to make sure you focus your time on your energy on, and even your finances on. And oftentimes what I find is that these values that are important that you don't believe have anything to do with money are actually directly correlated to having your financial house in order. 
You know, I'll take I'll use an example. If there is a nonprofit organization that's very near and dear to your heart that you want to volunteer in. And if you had all of your retirement income satisfied and and had a very high probability of achieving all of your retirement and legacy goals, perhaps you donate money to that organization or you want to donate more money to that organization. And so therefore that frees you up to do more of this. That's just an example. And there could be countless examples and and each of you have your own unique story. Each of you have your own unique values, right? Each of you have your own unique set of skills and what your strengths and weaknesses are. And so I would encourage you, I hope this podcast, the book recommendation and the Wall Street Journal article, I hope that inspires you to think about how you want to spend this next chapter, okay? And, and, and I hope this helps create a more meaningful retirement for not just you, but your spouse and your family members, because they're going to see that, you know, mom and dad, they're on fire just because they're retired. They're not done yet. And I think there's a lot to be said around seeing someone who is on fire as opposed to someone who is kind of dwindling away, whittling away and sort of just kind of waiting for life to pass. I I think there's a lot more energy around finding something that is motivating to you in this next chapter. And the best part is it doesn't have to have anything to do with earning income. Because guess what? You've achieved that financial independence. You're able to retire with confidence, right? And that's why I love what I do. That is all for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, make sure to give our show a follow. Click that follow button wherever you are consuming podcasts because you're not going to want to miss our next three-part series all about how to pay for long-term care expenses. We're going to have our friends from BC Brokerage, Peter Chiravolo and Rodney Mogan joining me. Uh, They are a wealth of knowledge all about insurance products, whether it's traditional long-term care, hybrid policies, and I'm going to be rounding it off uh, talking about self-funding or using your own assets. So until next time, this is Kevin Lau signing off.